0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's Wednesday, September 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians wake up today as... uh, Playoff participants, I guess, is the uh, the way you can look at it. Last night, uh, a little bit unexpected, a little bit dramatic. I guess it just shows you that in a game of baseball, uh, you're never out of a game until uh, the last strike is thrown. They were down uh, two outs, two strikes in the bottom of the ninth, but they had the right guy at to play last night.
0: Definitely. Uh, just a crazy, crazy game. What a finish. And um... – you know, I thought Alomar tied it. I mean, Alomar. I thought uh, Lindor tied it up in in you know when he hit the ball off the top of the fence in center field. And then you're sitting there thinking, you know, okay, it's three two. Uh, you know, Hernandez walks, and then they, the the White Sox have to face the guy you know they didn't want to face, and that guy. And uh, they bring in uh, Jose Ruiz, and he's throwing mm-hmm. like 98 miles an hour, and and Jose ended it. Jose Ramirez just uh, what a, what a what a stretch he's on. What a run. Like, 22 games, 12 homers in the last 20, 24 games, 26 right. RBIs. It's crazy.
1: It uh, hits in, like, what, uh, each of the last eight games. And I think he has, what, four or five go-ahead or, or game-winning uh, home runs this year uh, for the Indians. Uh, like, four or five of his home runs have put the Indians in front. And when you're talking about an MVP, uh, you can talk about – you know all the, the qualitative and quantitative things, but you know clutch stats like that. You know when when every one of his hits means something is, is big like that. Uh, I guess you, you got to look at that too and take that into account. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're not the only one in the ballpark last night who thought Lindor had tied that uh, tied the game with with his double. I think he uh, he kind of looked at it for a little while in in, in the box maybe. Maybe should have been on third base instead of yeah, second. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was admiring that for sure.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, like he said afterwards, it, it, it worked out. Uh, but Ramirez, just what he's been able to, to accomplish just in the last, you know, 24 games, just in the last month of the season, uh, really has thrust him not just to the into the conversation now, but into the forefront of the conversation against a guy who homered in the game last night as well in Jose Abreu, you're talking, uh, three MVP candidates in you know, Abreu and Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez all on the field last night. And, and we get to, to see a, a fourth MVP candidate in Shane Bieber tonight.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really, if you're a baseball fan, this is the series you want to watch. And it just shows you, uh, shows you a couple things, Joe, that, uh, yeah, the, uh, the AL Central has come a long way. And, uh, they could do some serious damage in the postseason awards uh, th- this year, uh, the AL Central.
1: Well, you've, you've probably got the prohibitive favorite for uh, Rookie of the Year in Luis Robert playing for Chicago. Uh, probably a favorite in the Manager of the Year voting in the AL in Ricky Renteria. Uh, at least certainly all of these names that I've just mentioned are all going to be finalists and, and eligible for the awards. Yeah. Uh, you're talking. Uh, there's a possibility that the Central Division sweeps every major award uh, out there for the BBWAA.
0: Yeah, Shane Bieber for the Cy Young and uh, MVP. You you just named three three pretty strong candidates in in Abreu, uh, uh, Anderson, and and uh, and Jose Ramirez. With Renteria, though, you, are, is he going to get kicked out of the uh, ceremony before <laughs> he gets the award?
1: <laughs> well, only only if Angel Ramirez uh, only if Angel Hernandez is handing the award out. Uh, I don't think uh, I think he's safe. Uh, otherwise, but
0: he's he's working on two nights running. That's that's like he's Earl Weaver territory right yeah, have now. You ever,
1: have you ever seen a manager kicked out of three games in a row?
0: I saw Charlie Manuel get kicked out of his first two games as as an Indians manager in Baltimore.
1: His very his very first two games. Yeah, against oh, Grover man.
0: in Baltimore.
1: <laughs> wow, that's great. Uh, you no. Know, you know, obviously, last night you had Angel Hernandez behind the plate, so that had a lot to do with uh, both sides being a, a, a little bit upset. Just the Indians being just slightly less upset, I guess. With uh, yeah, with I guess the there location. was a lot of
0: controversy <laughs> about the strike zone. Yeah,
1: in in watching and and rightfully so because he was he was not only inconsistent, but he was just missing pitches that were that were there, and then you know giving pitches that were not there. Uh, it's it's the same old story with Angel Hernandez never being able to, uh, you know, acknowledge the fact that you you, you messed up something. So,
0: yeah, because the White Sox were, I mean, they were really really vocal the whole game. You could hear them screaming <laughs> from the dugout. I mean, and you know, an empty ballpark. I mean, there was no mistaking who they were yelling at.
1: You touched on something there a second ago about the uh, the strength of the Central Division. Uh, rank the six divisions, I guess, uh, you know, in your mind right now. Obviously, uh, you know, the strength of of the divisions, you know, just the overall quality of the the teams in play, I think you you probably have to put the Central number one, right?
0: I think so. I mean, you know, the AL West, uh, you know, you've got San Diego and the Dodgers. Uh, You know, Arizona's kind of a disappointment this year. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, NL Central, a little bit down this year, but the Cubs and Brewers – uh, St. Louis, you know, is a good story. Um, I'd probably
1: put the AL East ahead of the NL West or uh, uh, ahead of the NL Central.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, with the Yankees have come back strong. Tampa Bay's been good from the start. Um, I don't know uh, who else. Toronto's been a great story, you know, hanging in there. And after getting kicked out of their own country, they, they you know, they're in the, <laughs> still in the, still in the, uh, they, well, they, they would qualify today if it ended today, the postseason. So, and, uh, and yeah, the NL East kind of, uh, you know, the Marlins are a surprise team. That's, you know, that's pretty. They yeah. But
1: as far the NL East is probably the worst division in baseball right now. Yeah,
0: Washington is down this year, but they've had a, they've had a tough run.
1: And there's a possibility that for the first time we could have a, a, a sub 500 team qualify for postseason play. And that's, you know, it's probably likely to happen, uh, it, depending on what the Reds do.
0: Yeah, the Reds are right. What are they were number eight, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, they're right in the number. They're in the, the eighth wild card spot or the, the second the last wild card spot. Right, correct. So,
1: so yeah, uh, you know, things have been crazy this season, and you know, expanded playoffs might be here to stay. Uh, maybe not in this format, but but we shall see. Uh, I still don't like the idea of a, a number one seed getting to pick and choose who they play against, uh, that that sort of feels a little weird to me. So uh, I do like the one versus eight and all that. So
0: Yeah, I thought, I like that too. I mean, the number one seed's got to have an advantage, but I don't know if you get to pick the advantage. <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, and, and what this is, the, the Indians can sort of be the the, the team that smashes the curve here because if they can go through and, and, and upset a one or a two seed as a, as a wild card seven or eight, uh, that sort of just lends credence to the idea that, well, maybe the, the one seed should be able to pick who they play. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't feel right to me. Uh, if you, if you have a tough draw because uh, a hot team gets in at the eight seed and you don't want to have to face a, a team like an Indians in a short steer uh, series, then, you know, I, I think that's the luck of the draw. You got to go with that. Uh, we do know, uh, you know, we talked yesterday about the pitching rotation for the, 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 remainder of the season and the, the playoffs. So uh, we get to see Shane Bieber tonight. We get to see Zach Plesac on Thursday. And then, like we said, uh, there's the possibility that that's those same two matchups against Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keiko could uh, come to pass in the first round of the playoffs uh, right back at them again, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Uh, just the, the way things have shaken out for this starting rotation and the way things are, are sort of rounding up for this bullpen here, heading down the stretch.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, the Indians are a hot team right now. I mean, uh, last week it looked like Chicago was going to run away with this thing. And, uh, the Indians were trying to get out of an, an eight game losing streak. And, uh, you know, so it all depends, you know, I remember David justice always saying it all, the, it, when you get to the postseason, it depends if you're hot or not. And, uh, the Indians are, you know, starting to gain some momentum that way. And uh, they're, playing, they're playing the team in front of them. And um, who knows? I, and like you were saying, Joe, who, you, you know, if you get, if you get the Indians and in Bieber and Policek and then you roll Carrasco out there for the, number, the third game, I mean, who won? Even if you score two runs or three runs, you know, uh, you're, you've got a good chance of, uh, you know, really causing some havoc uh, amongst, the, you know, the top seeds.
1: Well, two runs or three runs is all the Indians are scoring, uh, you know, lately. So I guess uh, it's a possibility. It's going to make it more interesting for us to cover the games because we've got to be paying attention to every little uh, little detail uh, in a a one-run game uh, as as we move forward. Uh, Hey, you know, I wanted to mention uh, before we get into uh, really the the big discussion that we had with our uh, subtextors today, uh, the job the bullpen did uh, in yesterday's game, and Sandy Alomar, uh, you know, went out of his way to mention in the post-game uh, just how uh, well they performed. Cal Quantrill uh, starting sort of a bullpen game; they were expecting three innings, they got four. They maybe could have gotten five out of them. Uh, Adam Plunko comes in, gives up the home run, but gets out of a a bases loaded jam uh, with a double play ball. Uh, you know, we we saw Nick Wickerin come in and, and get out of uh, get out of trouble with a strong inning. Phil Maton pitched an inning. It was and Oliver
0: Perez was in there too. He, and he,
1: Oliver Perez, somehow, we haven't seen a whole
0: lot of him lately. So yeah. that was good to see him. Yeah.
1: Somehow, Oliver Perez keeps coming in and p- putting up scoreless innings. I just I, I don't know where he found the fountain of youth. But uh, the the job the bullpen has done, uh, you know, it hasn't been pretty always the last couple of days here but they've, they've been effective.
0: Yeah, it was a bullpen game that uh, really, like you said, you got uh, you got, you know, they were t- they were t- talking three innings, 55 pitches out of Quantrill. He gave them four scoreless innings and only 38 pitches. So, you know, he did a great job and, uh, you know, he's, he's talked about be- wanting to be a starter, training as a starter, while, you know, the cat, well, you know, you know, always saying that, you know, I'll pitch wherever they want me to pitch, but he certainly made a, uh, you know, a good impression going into next season. You know, if, if the Indians need a starter or if they, you know, depending what happens over this winter, if, the, you know, somebody gets hurt or somebody gets traded, he's certainly a guy, uh, you know, they can put in the pipeline and uh, help develop.
1: All right. Uh, all right. We, uh, we asked our sub-texters, uh to sort of rate the, uh, the Jose Ramirez home run last night and where it ranks in the all-time, you know, great history of Indians home runs recently. Uh, Some of them were, uh, you know, some of the question in the question we asked, you know, how do you rate Ramirez's clinching home run compared to Rajay Davis's Game 7 home run, Uh, Jason Giambi's walk-off versus the Sox in 2013, uh, Tony Fernandez's home run in Game 6 of the World Series in 97, uh, Tyler Naquin's game-winning inside the park home run against Toronto. Uh, I, I, I guess there's, there's others you could put in there like Sandy Alomar in 97 against the Yankees. But, uh, you know, just where does this home run rate in terms of uh, the Indians' great home runs? Uh, here's some of the responses that we got. Uh, this one says, Rajes is far and away uh, better than the rest. That's my favorite moments in, in sports history. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there. The stadium was shaking. Budweiser was raining down from the upper deck, leaving the stadium after game seven. I was still on such a high from that home run, that it felt like we had won the game. It's crazy, but nothing can touch that moment. Uh, this one says, Rajay Davis still number one. Tony Fernandez a close second. We were at the Giambi game, so that ranks a little higher with me. Uh, Tony Fernandez is tops for this guy. Uh, he says, because of the memory that I have driving up, uh, West Sahara Boulevard in Las Vegas, where they lived at the time, uh, listening to the radio or listening to the game on the car radio, Fernandez hit the home run and I was honking my horn, screaming and shouting. Uh, people thought I was nuts because I knew what was going, or because while I knew what was going on, nobody else around me had a clue. Uh, this guy says the Davis home run was the best. I did enjoy all the others too. Uh, here's, Here's one. I don't rank it up there with those other instances because the clinch felt pretty inevitable, whether we won last night or not, but but it felt unique because somehow a lot of the things unfolded to put an incredibly hot Jose at the plate for that moment. And then he did exactly what we all hoped he would. Unbelievable to deliver that way when everyone is almost expecting you to do so. It feels like a big momentum boost that could propel the team into a postseason. Uh, we'll do one more. Rajay, Tony, Tyler, Jason, and Jose in that order. Uh, top two because of clutchness of the situation. Uh, excitement factor alone, Mike and Avon. So uh, a couple of guys there uh, saying that it, really the Rajay Davis home run uh, is, is, is going to rate as, as the, the number one sports moment for a lot of folks in, uh, in this area for a long time to come. But, you know, Jose Ramirez keeps hitting home runs that way. I uh, expect him to be climbing the charts, uh, you know, pretty quickly.
0: I saw something on uh, Twitter, Joe, uh, that said they had a close-up shot of the bat Jose used to hit the home run. Guess whose bat it was? Uh, Framel Reyes. Rajah Davis.
1: Get out of here! There's no yeah, way. there's
0: a there's, a there's a there's a real close up shot of him, you know, carrying the bat that I, they said it was the bat he hit the home run with, and it's a, a Raja Davis model.
1: No, uh, well, I, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to ask somebody about that. Uh, maybe a text to uh, Tony Amato here will uh, will clear things up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we will we will do further research and and have uh, something on that tomorrow. Uh, what was it like in that stadium? Uh, the moment that that home run was hit, because there's no fans, there's no—I mean, they're piping in the the crowd noise. Obviously, the the, um, the fireworks went off. Uh, could you hear what they were saying when they were celebrating? When no, were celebrating? I I was
0: like I was so busy. Like, uh, okay, Could, could, a, I had my could a reporter? To...
1: Could a reporter with normal hearing be uh, hear what they uh, they had to yeah, say? Yeah, I'm sorry, Hoynesy.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, I I just saw the ball kept carrying. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was gonna go. You know, I thought I didn't think it was a home run off the bat. But the ball just kept carrying, and then you know, then you just see it hit the seats and right. you know, clear the wall, and you you, know, you put your head down. And you just keep start writing again, or you know, start <laughs> to change change everything you've written for two hours. <laughs>
1: Rip up your lead. Yeah, I I, I do feel sorry for the uh, the reporters on Deadline who are. uh, are in that situation, but it was crazy.
0: You know, I watched, I, I saw some, uh, you know, uh, you know, I saw, uh, it was, it was really, it was, it was a good celebration, man. It like, uh, when Raja, I mean, Raja, when, uh, uh, when Ramirez came around to the, you know, third base, you know, he just got, people were throwing water at him. It was like, he took a shower, you know, they, and, <laughs> uh, you know, I went through some of our, um, you know, the, the gallery from, uh, um, uh, um, uh,
1: Josh you know, Gunter's photos yeah, were great, were great excellent. stuff yeah.
0: and you know it showed Ramirez uh, uh you know uh, Carrasco trying to lift uh, lifting lifting Jose up and Framil Reyes mobbing him and Framil
1: was beating on his chest Framil landed some good blows to his chest yeah. uh, it was
0: and then, then Framil went on a, a WTAM and said I love that little man I love him
1: <laughs> I, that was that that's you know throughout his whole uh, slumped lately. I've just been disappointed that we haven't gotten to talk to uh, to Framil as much because, uh, you know, even on a even in an eight game losing streak, talking to Framil still would have been you. you would have walked away with a, a giant smile on your face. He's Teddy Baron, and and he's the best to to talk to. But I would have especially liked to hear him. You remember last year he hit that walk off home run, or no, it was a it was a game tying home run. Yeah. They eventually lost the game, but he was in the same situation, down to the last strike. And hit a home run against Kansas City, and he just sort of floated around the bases. And after the game, he said, "That was the most excited. That was the best I've ever felt in my entire life." I mean, he doesn't he doesn't you know cut you short on anything. He he tells you, "Man, that's the greatest I've ever felt." So I'm sure that that was probably uh, topped by by this moment uh, here
0: uh, last night by Jose Ramirez. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was, but it was you know because. When, and they talked about it, and you—you know—I guess every team has been through adversity this in this season, especially. But the Indians, you know, I mean, they didn't have a a, a total team outbreak of the, the pan, you know, of uh, the mm-hmm. virus like uh, St. Louis and and uh Miami, and had their season interrupted for you know several a week to several days, you know, to you know eighteen. What did the Cardinals miss? Eighteen games or something like that? Right, right. They had but, to play a bunch of uh, doubleheaders, yeah. But they've had to, you know, clear some obstacles, you know. Sandy coming in for Tito, uh, uh, losing At bit, their coaching know, staff. Court. Yeah, man, members of the coaching staff, the, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, and Clevenger's uh, excellent adventure in Chicago that, that caused a, a rift in the team. So, you know, they've, they've had to, you know, they've had to, uh, you know, overcome some stuff and, uh, well, and they've had to, you know, toe the line too. They've had to walk the straight and narrow and they've done that.
1: Well, and I don't want to, you know, be the guy who who mentions this out loud and then has it has it turned around on him. But they haven't really had to overcome injuries this year. That has right. They've they've been incredibly healthy compared to the, the rest of the league. Uh, and like you said, they haven't had to play a bunch of doubleheaders because uh, because their their diligence in terms of the COVID uh, uh, protocols, they haven't had an outbreak and they've they've handled everything the right way. So. So yeah, uh, you know, you talk about walking that tightrope uh, this season. They've they've been able to do that in a lot of ways. It'll be interesting to see how that carries over and how it translates into uh, the postseason run. Well, tomorrow we get to talk about Shane Bieber uh, and his start, uh, his last start, and what it says to the the Cy Young voters. Uh, we can also talk a little bit more about whether or not Jose Ramirez should be, uh, you know, polishing off a, a spot on his shelf for a, an MVP award. Uh, this year, but we will uh, catch you again tomorrow after, uh, after another Indians game here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.